0: Welcome to Transistor Radio, a Story This Far Network podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. I'm your trans sister, Athena. And I'm trans sister, Erin. And this week, we are a, a bit delayed. Apologies. Sorry. Life. Uh, life, yeah. Shit happens. Vacation <laughs> and then jobs.
1: I got a then... job.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got a job. You're
1: Fucking an finally. Indiana
0: citizen with a job.
1: Jesus.
0: Welcome to the
1: Fuck the job market daily... right now. <laughs> yeah.
0: Welcome to the day-to-day life of working for corporate America.
1: Which I was already doing, but I had to move.
0: Well, before you were working for governmental I mean, America.
1: it's still bureaucracy, whatever. Oh
0: yeah, it's still shitty.
1: <laughs> Yay! Anyway. Anyway. What are we talking about this week?
0: We are talking about uh, something that came up while we were at GenCon, actually. Yay. And something that we saw repeatedly there. Um, and that is the importance of safe spaces.
1: Yes, and what is a safe space So a safe space
0: is a place, and, and they, I, I mean, I, I don't know, they, they probably have lots of definitions, but the, the main thing behind a safe space is it's safe to be who you are there. Mm-hmm. You are free to express yourself, free to be your identity, and and be free of the worry of discrimination or persecution.
1: As long as you are also respecting the freedom and safety of others.
0: Yes, you Batteries are not free to be an asshole. Yeah, there you're you free go. free to be yourself. And if yourself is an asshole, then you have serious problems and need to rethink your life yeah. choices.
1: Then you are making the... You, it is a safe space from assholes.
0: Yes, you That's are a the good reason way to it think is of a it. safe space if you are an asshole. If you identify as an asshole, then you're probably the president of the United States right now. Oh <laughs> um, but anyway, sorry, that was a dumb joke. No, that, I stand by that joke, all right? <laughs> I earned that joke. I'm tired. <laughs> Hi.
1: So safe spaces, the importance of safe spaces.
0: Yeah, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is when we were at Gen Con, there, and and I don't know if they did this last year because I missed last year, but I went the year before, and this I didn't remember them doing this explicitly. Mm-hmm. But this year, they did a few things that I thought were really kind of a step towards making a safe space and a non-discriminatory environment. Yes. Uh, And the the most noticeable one was literally the instant you walked into the convention. Every single possible door that you could enter the convention on had a sign on it. So you literally could not miss this sign, regardless of which way you came in the convention center. Because for context, for anyone uh, who doesn't know what we're talking about, we are talking about Gen Con. it doesn't actually stand for anything it's the reason just, it was named after gen con it, they wanted to do a ploy on geneva convention because it used to be a war gaming convention and now it is just a tabletop board gaming hobby convention and it not
1: is, just like any it is like fucking massive it
0: is the world's i don't know if it's the world's but it is at very least the united states largest board gaming convention
1: we're um, talking like i think easily Tens of thousands of people, maybe hundred a little over a hundred.
0: So current numbers I think put it at seventy five to eighty thousand people. Yeah, it's
1: fucking massive. Yeah.
0: It is it is an, an enormous convention. And for context, it takes over most of downtown Indianapolis. So it takes over the Indianapolis Convention Center, which is Several miles of convention center. Uh It takes over Lucas Oil Stadium, which you can get to through a tunnel that connects the convention center. It takes over most of the hotels that are near there. In fact, many of the hotels open up rooms as convention space because there is just not enough room. There is an old historical train station there, Union Station, that also opens up as part of Gen Con um real station oh my god
1: secret 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 tunnel oh my god where are my avatar fans at yeah oh my god
0: oh you're adorable anyway um so the reason why so, so literally every possible door that you could use to get into the convention had a sign on it that said like basically we do not tolerate discrimination of any kind it essentially said anyone who is harassed or discriminated against or feels persecuted is protected here and you are like within your rights fully to report any discrimination or any um hatred or or any hate speech to Mm -hmm. con security and have the offending person removed like it was that kind of an environment and those signs were everywhere
1: um and accompanied by things that this is probably the only I guess, safe space-ish stuff that I'd seen here at a con, which is the cosplay is not consent. And it was, mm-hmm. that was plastered on like standing boards on the inside. And I think it's yep. t- like their very first priority is to say, everybody should be safe here. And then to go on to say like, yes, literally everybody should feel safe. Here.
0: Yep. And they also partnered with, um, I don't know the exact name of the organization. Mm-hmm. If I dug up out, out the con book, which I still have somewhere. Mm-hmm. I could find it, but it is uh, an LGBTQ organization for people who play board games. So gamers really? like, so we actually, they were giving out ribbons to put under your badge. that oh, yeah, was either yeah. ally with the rainbow behind it or gamer G A Y M E R. Yes. And
1: yes, I did. Aaron get some. and I got gamer ribbons
0: <laughs> uh, to put on your badge to indicate, you know which which one you were, they had pride t-shirts, so I have a Gen Con pride t-shirt that is the Gen Con logo,
1: which is just the words. And Gen I got con. a pride shirt and hat.
0: Yeah, which has the, it's Gen Con but in the in the, col- rainbow. In the rainbow colors. And it's
1: explicitly labeled as pride shirt and pride hat when you yeah. buy it. So. so they just
0: had, and then like in the con book they had events that were called out and highlighted for LGBTQ mm-hmm. awareness. And it was fabulous. And this is the first year at Gen Con that I distinctly remember seeing other trans people who were free to identify as trans people.
1: Yes. And And, proud. A lot of them had like buttons on their gear and the flag. Yeah. Like
0: trans ribbons, like like trans pride ribbons, trans pride buttons, trans pride flags. And Mm -hmm. I mean, there weren't you know it wasn't like everybody was a trans person gen con that would be TransCon. Oh um, but
1: no not to they... be confused with trains con and <laughs> once you get trans TransCon con in there man it's just it's just everything so confusing. Does,
0: everything it's goes... really
1: off the rails yeah uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's the one i was looking for <laughs> oh my god so the reason that that was so fabulous is it was the first time I've gone to... And, and first off, by the way, like I said, it wasn't everyone, but it was probably proportionally everyone. Because if you think about, like, I think something... Like, trans people make up, like, 1% to 5% of Americans. And, like, I would estimate that 1% to 5% of the people I saw there were trans. I saw... I'd
1: say that number's even lower just because a lot of people are scared to be...
0: Yeah, but... Yeah. <laughs> there were still, like, so many Higher people there. Letter. And it it wasn't even like, oh, this person, you know, is perfectly passing, has been on HRT for 10 years, has had lots of surgery, and is wearing a trans pride ribbon. And you never would have ever known if they didn't have a trans pride ribbon. Like, there were people like that there too, there's, there's... but it was also people who were clearly like testing out the waters for the first time, who were there with friends who were, and, and that was so in- incredible to see because that to me is important. It's important to have spaces like that where you can be free to be who you are, and be who you want to mm-hmm. be without this worry
1: and it, it was a what I, what i want to call is like a noticeable representation yeah like a lot of people are afraid to be who they are to experiment with who they are in certain ways and with this area you could tell that there are people who felt comfortable to try and to express and to be proud of who they are what they've been through and what they are trying to figure themselves out and i've it's so nice to see a welcoming environment like that because that is one of the perfect places you can go to if you are actually trying to be like, I want to try a different presentation just to try it and are scared to go to like a Walmart or something. Mm. Like, this is a literal safe environment that you can go to and know that whatever is going on, you can feel welcome. And I think that is so overlooked by so many people is that feeling of being welcome regardless of any sort of presentation or your own comfort levels just seeing that kind of anxiousness that somebody might have and that was something that I dealt with a lot was I wear my anxiety on my sleeve a hundred percent regardless of what's going on whether it's me being uncomfortable with either gender presentation or uncomfortable with my outfit in general or just uncomfortable with something you can usually tell that I'm fidgety and nervous about something and it's it's just so nice to feel like welcome i only had one moment of like i could feel anxiety and it's just because there was a massive crowd that was like swarming around Mm -hmm. us and i was like i need out now yeah and that was it for four days i am a fucking introvert (laughs) i don't like lots and lots and lots of people but i was around tens of thousands of people for four days straight and only had one very brief moment of any sort of anxiety over that and i think that says a lot about that idea of what that safe environment felt like to me Mm -hmm.
0: and so with this episode i wanted to dive in the things that are important or or the things to know like if it's a safe space and generally it's fairly obvious stuff um and then the reasons that that matters and why it matters that we have safe spaces for for community members and i imagine many of you who are listening to this episode will already know the importance of safe spaces but i think it's (laughs) important to discuss because it's easy to forget something that we may have in our own lives that other mm-hmm. people may not have access to and right. how much we need these kind of spaces that are safe for all and for anyone to go to because yes. they really are critical.
1: Mhm. And there's there's so many things that can help feel can help somebody feel really welcome and safe in an environment too and we wanted to talk about some of those aspects that really help that stick home. So, you can go to a place, but you want to be treated as if it's a safe space regardless in whether you have a label or not, it's got to feel it for it to actually be a safe space. So. Yep,
0: absolutely. So let's start with ways to know that you're in a safe space. And this is where, like, there are not many quote unquote safe spaces that advertise themselves as safe spaces. There are plenty, mm-hmm. but there are also many that do not. Like. Gen Con is the first con that I've ever been to that explicitly did that. Yes. The other cons that I'd been to that felt like safe spaces were safe spaces because of the community that they were putting them on. And the ones here that are prime examples are uh fur cons.
1: More of a like unspoken rule kind of thing or
0: specifically because the fur con is like fur cons are like 90% LGBT people. <laughs> like most most fur cons are made up of most furries are stereotypically gay men and now there's also a lot of other identities but like that kind of they were kind of the foundation that started hosting fur furcons. Um, and so now it's just grown into this extension where the furry community, in many ways, it, it shares many things with the LGBTQ community. It's like having a subset of the LGBTQ community that just happens to like wearing animal costumes. <laughs> um, and it is, so in many ways, like my first fur con I ever went to, you know, it, it, literally almost every person on the staff was somewhere involved in the LGBT. Um, seen or, or, or whatever was either gay or, or bisexual or actually the first fur con I ever went to the person handing out badges was a trans woman it is the first trans woman i would ever met in person hmm. um and there are so many people that you interact with in the furry community that are LGBT and they never or LGBTQ and they never advertise this like this is not like we are a safe space. Come here. They do have in the con rules that like you can't be discriminatory and all that stuff. But that's more like standard. Mm-hmm. You know, don't don't be a dick. Don't rule.
1: be a dick. rule. Um,
0: but that's why like there are some things we're going to talk about here that are probably never going to happen in a in a quote unquote safe a real safe space quote unquote um, that. The reason I want to point them out of how you can know that you are in a safe space is because if you are somebody who is in a space that you know is safe, if you're going to a convention or you're going to um, a a gathering or something where you feel comfortable to be yourself, I would encourage you to try and keep these things in mind. These things that help other people know it's a safe space because they are things that you can do. For example. Going to a FurCon and seeing a bunch of people wearing rainbow ribbons that say LGBT pride or going to Gen Con and seeing a bunch of people wearing ribbons that say ally or gamer is an immediate way to know that you are an LGBTQ safe space. Mm -hmm. And if you have access to something like that, like a trans pride button or a rainbow lanyard or anything, even if you think you are the kind of trans person who is obvious to everyone that you are trans, A, you are probably not as obvious as you think you are, B, it doesn't matter because seeing those kinds of ribbons and that kind of evidence is so critical for somebody who is questioning or unsure or not confident in themselves to feel Mm -hmm. comfortable speaking about it if you are saying i am one of these people and this is a place where it's okay to be one of these people that can be the number one thing that gets somebody to open up it was one of the number one things that got me to open up and figure it out Mm -hmm. And so if you have that opportunity and you are in a place that you know is safe and you want other people to know that it is safe that's something you can do a button mm-hmm. or a ribbon or a anything that says like it's, trans pride or pride is just a real quick way to say you're
1: safe here that's actually one of my favorite things to do is to uh for those who don't know i actually have very limited amounts of pride merch i think the hat and the shirt are like the only other thing i have but i do have my favorite bracelet of all time which is just a very very fucking simple little black elastic band I got at like a shitty Spencer's uh but it's just surrounded by these little rainbow hearts and I like to wear that around just to be like hey it's fine (laughs) or at least there's you're not alone kind of thing and I know it's not like the most blatant thing but I think even just having that kind of representation in the real world because a lot of people will the their default option when they see somebody for a lot of people is just Cishet whatever and they move on and I like to show that representation of like LGBT people are out there and they are the people they are not just a Unique subset of people you sometimes see crawl out of a cave every now and then like mm-hmm. they're at your stores They're at your and so I like to yeah. have that kind of representation. I think that's a very very important thing to kind of throw the rep on, once you feel safe and comfortable doing it and going to those locations you feel safe and comfortable doing it, to show others like you, whether they're out yet or not, that they can be out, at least in that spot. Uh, and I feel like that's where a lot of, you know, uh, before I got into board gaming and all that with you, the first place that I ever went quote-unquote publicly was still private, it was a D&D group that I had been with for over a year and the main group, people in that group were LGBT, and when I say main people, the, the, the DM, and their, at the time, wife. Uh, so, like, I, I knew that was more accepting space, and I knew it was okay to express my gender presentation at the time i was still unsure like i've talked about a few times i was not really sure how i was if i was going to be non-binary if i was trans or if i was cis or whatever i was still trying to figure things out but it didn't matter because going there i got to experiment with certain things uh, and kind of help figure myself out because i knew that was a safe location in front of other people granted some people that i know but they're If you've ever had, like, a kind of D&D group that your friends invited you to, you don't know everybody there super well. Yeah. So, like, I saw these people maybe twice a month, but that was it. (laughs) So, some I had known for a little while, but it it was nice to kind of get that sort of semi exposure to things and be like test the waters and figure myself out and without that sort of safe space i really legitimately don't think i'd be as far along in my transition as i am because i'd still be too scared to go to the store and i think for sudden certain stores like that's a real concern is that fear of experimenting especially given Mm -hmm. my location in a not so trans-friendly area (laughs) yeah
0: i mean so for me like the furry fandom holds a lot of like space in my heart because when i first started questioning and realizing i was trans it was basically the only place that i felt safe to explore this identity and mm-hmm. so the first identity that i switched over from being male to female was my like persona and character in the furry fandom and my interactions with other furries was encountering them and speaking with them and they are like the furry fandom is fabulous because they are incredibly respectful and it was like regardless of how i was presenting regardless of how much facial hair i had whatever i was whatever i told them i wanted to be Mm referred to as and that gave me the opportunity and the space to interact with and understand my own identity and safe spaces by the way are not just physical spaces like they are online spaces as well being involved online in in like furry Facebook and furry Twitter and interacting in those communities with a female character and a female identity gave me a way to escape into a gender that I wasn't comfortable enough to explore in person and then that gave me an avenue to start exploring it in person by going to furcons and having even just my name and pronouns be referred to correctly at furcons was huge it was like my brain got all these endorphins from me, like oh my god yes that's me and then I was like Okay, cool. I'm trans. I figured this shit out. <laughs> this is great. And so it's so important to have those safe spaces both online and in person mm-hmm. that it it's hard to understate how much just seeing one other trans person in a space that you are in can change everything. Yeah. Because for me, it was seeing just a few other trans people in my local furry community that switched me from like thinking being trans was impossible and not a thing that people did to hosting a trans fucking podcast on the (laughs) internet like it is so hard to i don't know if i'm saying that right but whatever the long story short is it's important okay
1: oh my gosh i i think you bring up I, you I don't know if you still consider yourself part of the fear community I assume I yes do. yeah I'm not I'm just like a fan of stuff like that I, I like the art and stuff but I, I'm fascinated by the trend of creative disciplines being a a, a lot of the times sort of an unspoken safe place for LGBT people like for years everybody knew that theater was kind of like a safe haven for a lot of people if they were gay and it's a way to kind of be out without being out before it was when it was taboo to kind of speak of that stuff but even thinking back to like people who are on fucking like Wattpad or whatever like those old fanfic sites people find art deviant art shit like you just go there and it's a new image new hundred images every second when you refresh the new page and a lot of it is OC it's a character that they're making and you know when you're a kid you're trying to experiment with identities you're making those Mary Sue characters that are impossible to beat in every way but like that's experimentation. We go to theater and we get to become something we're not. Whenever you are acting. For those who are unfamiliar, I am an actress, or at least used to be. I could get into that, but, like, you, you get to experiment and try new things. Maybe you have a costume department and want to try some things on there, and it's a safe area to just experiment. You are in your sketchbook, and you get to draw a character that you wish you could be. You are writing a character, and you get to experiment some ideas and be, like, express your true self and change pronouns, or just change things, and it's just... I think it's really fascinating that things like the furry community kind of are another extension of that, where they mm-hmm. are also making those new characters to experiment with new identities, just like you had said, of trying new pronouns and whatever you were wanting to be called as.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so jumping to another way that you can see you're in a safe space. Um, so again, and this is one that I'm going to spend literally 10 seconds on, because it is infeasible to interact with in unless. <laughs> you happen to be one of the like organizers of a convention is signs in places like Gen Con, having signs on every door that said basically this is a safe space. If you happen to be like involved in planning a convention or something along those Mm -hmm. lines, then I would highly recommend signs. Signs are great, but realistically this is never going to come up. So I want to jump to
1: pause. There's one other place. I have seen a safe space sign. It is a sex shop. There are a lot of sex stores that are very prone to helping the LGBT community. They are run by a lot of people who are part of the LGBT community, and they know how important safe spaces are, and so they'll, uh, at least the one that I live next to in my little town that was super conservative had some safe space signs on there, and so huh. it was... X is not consent. You know, everybody is welcome here. You just have to be over 18, and like huh. that's that's another interesting thing that I well, thought was go. a nice little bit. I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> well,
0: okay then. So, so yeah, there you go. But <laughs> you... so so signs <laughs> will exist on places like I've seen safe space signs before elsewhere, mm-hmm. but also it's a little unclear sometimes what the context is. Like it's yes. So. I'll say that. Um, in general, like that's infeasible, but if, if you are involved in a place and you are able as part of whatever it is that you do at this place to advocate for putting signs up that say, this is a safe space, two thumbs up, go do it, go nuts. That would be awesome. Cool. More representation. Would be awesome. Um, but so we talked previously about little signs that you can wear to indicate this is a safe space. So let's talk about some non-verbal or or, sorry, some non-visual, but like verbal indicators. Mm -hmm. So something as simple as like starting a conversation at a gathering with by saying with a new person by saying hi my name is x these are my pronouns like Mm -hmm. she her pronouns
1: are right pronouns
0: are this that can indicate to somebody like oh this is a space that wants to get and understand my pronouns um an example of this that was i thought was fabulous because it can be also be awkward sometimes to indicate that like Mm -hmm. it's you know we are trained by society that the correct way to introduce yourself is my name is x and and then expect the other person (laughs) and then expect the other person to understand our pronouns yep um but so if that's kind of awkward another thing you can do that i thought was really fascinating that actually i think it was anthrocon one year did again another furry convention um is they gave out pronoun buttons so they had like she her they them Mm -hmm. Or, or whatever little color coded buttons that you could wear on your lanyard that indicated your pronouns
1: the first con I ever went to, they sold them for a dollar, and that's when I bought it, even though it wasn't presenting.
0: yeah, but I like like that idea of having something that says these are my pronouns mm-hmm. indicates this is a space where discussing pronouns is okay, and that can be a thing that indicates that being trans is okay because again, like that is something that. Although it shouldn't be tied to the LGBTQ community, it is because society. Um,
1: It's nice to see that you're, like, welcome to discuss these kind of things because, say, you are going by they, them, and, like, to present femme, you want to express that, hey, that's a... totally fine thing yeah something that people can ask if they are also similar in different ways or whatever and i know lots of people who do that uh, didn't that happen at gen con it was like hey my name is blunt i'm this this i might be thinking of another convention it might have but... been
0: i seem to recall that happening at mm-hmm. one point at gen con
1: and uh, another instance that same con that i talked about with the buttons uh we had somebody who was dressing as and for those who listened to the adventure zone they had a person at a booth who was an artist who dressed up as angus mcdonald but on top of their little really awesome cosplay, they had their uh, name badge with it drawn in that they had like hand down their own art and slipped that into their name tag as well. So that even if they didn't buy a button, make a button, they had found a way to kind of help represent, represent that whether they had a button or not. Yeah. And it was just a really cool thing to go up to a booth and just see that.
0: Yep, absolutely. And I think all of this kind of boils down to the key thing about indicating a safe space is primarily representation and context. Mm -hmm. You can say this is a safe space and have no indication on what kind of a safe space it is. It could be a safe space to discuss, I don't know, atheism, which is a very different safe space than an LGBTQ safe space. And realistically, what we would love is that every place that labels itself as a safe space is a safe space for everything. But that may not be realistic. And someone who is worried about presenting or or speaking about certain topics or speaking about being trans or or whatever it is it's they can speaking from experience here because i do this constantly is it can be hard to know whether the space that you are in is going to be welcoming to whatever it is you're discussing Mm -hmm. and so the more ways that you can be a parent and provide context to what kind of a safe space it is the better an example of this is the gen con signs explicitly called out identity like identity discrimination in their little fine print and so anyone who needed to hear that message could see it on the doors that they were walking in um again the ribbons like it is very obvious that is a rainbow pride ribbon
1: it was in the books that you got that had the maps of all the vendors and all the events like it it was blatant yeah and You know, I think that's just such an important thing. Uh, One, if you happen to run Gen Con or another massive event, you get to offer up that hand and be like, this is that safe space. But even if you don't, you get to do that kind of lead and sort of give back to the community of doing the things of like saying, hey, my pronouns are this, this, or just mentioning however you want to mention or bring up in conversation or have represented on you. Uh, You know, we started this podcast because we wanted to give back to the community as a almost a sort of kind of in a weird leadership way, just to lead people down the path and be like, Hey, we stumbled and here's our, the answer we found for our path here. So it might help you yep. too. In that same way, you can do the same thing. It doesn't have to be a fucking podcast or a comic. It very well could be. And you are more than welcome to start and do that. But if you are just want to kind of help do something small, buttons for visualization, saying pronouns and various things and, Finding these kind of spots that are already designated safe spaces and just attending, like just having numbers, you know, showing that we're here and there's support, you know, I think is some of the small ways you can kind of help do that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is, it's a combination of both the context of knowing what kind of safe space it Mm -hmm. is and representation of seeing people there that are, are like you. And those two things together matter, I think, more than anything else. And anything that you can do to help with that is amazing. Anything that can be done, period, is amazing. Because these spaces are so critical to give people opportunities to present themselves and be free in who they are.
1: In a lot of cases, it's quite literally (laughs) life-saving.
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think, like, we've kind of spent a lot of this episode talking about not just ways to, to... know that you're in a safe space Mm -hmm. but also the effects of being a safe space so even though we've said it a lot of times let's say it now what are some of the positive effects of being at or having a safe space it lets you make mistakes yeah it lets you
1: make mistakes and that's big for people with some big anxiety issues like me is i don't want to make a mistake i don't want to be embarrassed or make say something wrong or have my voice trip funny or have some clothing item that doesn't look so great on me. And I feel like safe spaces get to take that anxiety away or at least really numb it so that you can be like, oh even if there is some sort of mishap that is not as ideal as you want it to be, uh, because that's all that matters is you being comfortable in that kind of situation, it still numbs that anxiety knowing that the only person who's going to be concerned about that is going to be you, you know, and it's, it's okay to have something go not as ideal and as you figure yourself out, you know, we didn't exactly learn to do a 10k run as soon as we started walking you know some of us ran our head into the wall crawling a few times speaking from personal experience Uh (laughs) i got my head stuck between a bed and a nightstand oh my god yeah Uh, (sighs) (laughs) so you know little missteps are gonna happen and having a safe space lets you know that it's safe to learn and to figure things out
0: and i think that's that's kind of critical is we often are afraid to do things because we're going to we're worried about getting judged and we're worried about more specifically, it's not just about getting judged, but it's also about being called out or uh, of being oh, judged, yeah, or yeah. or insulted, or, or or whatever, or harmed, or or worse. And a safe space gives that op- that place and that location again, whether that be online or in physical meet space. Physical,
1: <laughs> like meat.
0: Meet space. Yes. This is like my meet space.
1: Like, that's a totally different space. thing. No, that
0: is a real. I forget where I've heard that. I think I hear it a lot on Loading Ready Run. Probably. uh, so just having that space, again, regardless of online or physical, um, to try out things, to try on names and pronouns and clothes and ways of, of presenting oneself that you don't get to try normally, removing the judgment and the fear is the biggest step from going from just thinking about and fantasizing about it to making it a reality, mm-hmm. and that is a huge thing that Saves spaces grant. There is another thing that Saves spaces grant that I think is often underestimated, hmm. and that is an opportunity for education. Oh yeah, because this conversation happened while we were waiting in line. I don't know if you heard it. I don't even know if you were with me, but this happened at Gen Con. We were either walking the exhibit hall or walking outside the exhibit hall or something. I kind of remember the area, but not exactly. I overheard a conversation between two people. And one guy said, I don't understand why they need to put up all of those signs about discrimination. And somebody else immediately cut in and said, it's kind of a big deal. There's a lot of harassment in our convention space. And they can put up these signs to say it's not okay and let people be themselves. And that was a conversation between somebody who'd never considered the idea that they there could be harassment in a place as wonderful and fabulous as Gen Con. <laughs> and all of a sudden, because Gen Con made the decision to put up these signs and, and make an effort on behalf of a community that is often harassed, and by the way, it was not just LGBT. It was also, like, female gamers, because... That's a know, thing. Like, that is a huge thing that for some reason is still harassed, but, like... Gen Con is very underrepresented on the female gamer perspective. (laughs) And so even just stuff like that, and and again, like, the cosplay is not consent. Like, they forced and brought about conversations that are important for people who don't often have to consider them.
1: Right. There was a vendor that uh, was by, it was the, I don't know if I can mention this, the Aegis booth. (laughs) Should I mention that? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, uh, there's a game that we bought. That was uh we demoed it, tried it, it was really cool. But right next to that uh booth while she was buying it, I saw and there was a um it was sort of like a lingerie cosplay kind of thing, mm-hmm. but its entire deal was body positivity and it wasn't just like uh come by ourselves. It was like legitimately here's why we force this movement, here's what we're doing to help show that people are beautiful and welcome as they are, and they really pushed that as their message first and then their product second and i thought that was really nice and another part of that welcoming safe space aspect is you're welcome to try and represent yourself how you want i thought that was just an added thing on top of that
0: yeah absolutely so safe spaces aren't just a great place to experiment and see who you are and understand who you are and come to terms with it it's also a space to let other people know what's out there and, and what they may not have experienced. Gen Con touches 75 to 80,000 people a year. There are that many people who go to a convention center to play board games and, you know, play RPGs and, and see cool cosplay and buy lots of stuff. And the fact that even one person there had their eyes open to why discrimination exists and why it matters that we have these sorts of spaces mm-hmm. is so fantastic even if it was just that one guy it was probably way more than that that had to suddenly think about this a, a reality that they may have never needed to to think about before that's important it allows that matters.
1: it allows a discussion to be an educational discussion to be started on a fair even playing field so that whatever bias is coming into that thinking like that person coming in just Thinking, why do we even need this? You get to actually explain, well, it's because of this. And it doesn't have any sort of message. It's just these people need a safe space to be welcome because of some things that are happening. And that education gets to happen there. And it gets to, you know, spread that message of why this is important and why it's needed.
0: Yep. Absolutely. It's fabulous. So. We've talked to, I talked a lot about Gen con this year because I was blown away and flabbergasted by <laughs> just how incredible it was to see that support from an, an event that is this size um, and it, it was very refreshing it was nice to see
1: it was I'm like I said an introvert so I don't really go out in crowds as much and it was a lot more calming to be in an environment where I felt pretty much a hundred percent comfortable with everything around me minus you know some of the breathing room at times yeah Uh, and I've been in lots of big crowds before and I can tell you I've been in smaller crowds than that that have caused worse panic attacks for exactly bad reasons like just I did not feel safe being presented how I was however that was and it's just mind-blowing to me what it just an ideological thing, like the thinking of, yes, I'm welcome here, just completely shifts your paradigm of some of your experiences, like being in massive crowds of thousands of people, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right. I think that's everything that I wanted to say on our main topic. Aaron, is there anything else that you wanted to say?
1: Uh, Not about our topic, although I guess our really silly thing is actually related, given everything.
0: That being said, we have two really silly things today. We have one that is really related to this topic, which I'm going to let Aaron discuss, but it's fabulous. (laughs) Um, But we have another one that's unrelated that I just want to call out real quick, which is uh, whether you hate it or not, I personally hate it, the Epic Game Store. Um, They are giving away (laughs) a free game that you get to keep forever on whatever, like on on their platforms. So if you have a PC that can play any games at all because the game that I'm about to shout out is super lightweight and easy to run. Um they are currently giving away a game called Hyperlight Drifter. Um septic I played this and I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet, even though I now own it thanks to Epic Games giving it away for free. And again, it is for this week only and they're giving it away for free forever. What is it? Hyperlight Drifter is like an isometric um action game Uh, If you've ever played a game like Bastion, uh, it's that kind of a top-down style. It's absolutely gorgeous with its art style, and it's kind of—it's meant to be very challenging, kind of in the vein of Dark Souls. Hmm. Um, And it is this fantastic, like sci-fi, cyberpunk-ish world, but that's like post-apocalyptic. It's an absolutely beautiful art style. It looks like a ton of fun to play, and it's completely free on Epic Games. So go check it out free to play worth downloading and you get to keep it forever so long as you get it during this week um and that just so we're clear we are recording the day this episode goes live so that is right now highly recommend it
1: i'll have to give that a look i've heard a lot of good things about it
0: totally free and totally worth checking out
1: so uh my mine my rst My really silly thing is actually exceptionally relevant. We've talked a lot about Gen Con just because that was a massive experience. And it was awesome. And I'm going to talk about it. it. (laughs) I'm going to talk about it just a little bit more because. One of the things that i love about conventions is the artist alley and at the artist alley uh, i met a super awesome uh, artist who i it's the only artist i actually bought something from because i was kind of concerned about money but i still did it uh, it was uh, sasha r jones and they are as they presented like we just literally walked up and this was their opener of them being like a very uh gender uh how how does their website put it, like, gender-confirming, of. Uh, let's see, I'm an independent artist, illustrator, exploring the intersections of nature, fantasy, gender, queerness, and mythical creatures and beings, and they are just an all-around very welcoming, uh, person, and made me feel like I was 100% yeah. in, like, a safe space, and I love the fact that he, or actually, I don't know their pronouns, they, uh, just, like, opened up their, uh, demo, like, that, yeah. like, immediately, They're- like,
0: their whole art ethos, which I was immediately drawn to, is they are exploring, like trans and gender identity in art, and like I'm, you have their Patreon up yes. right now, and I'm looking at their banner image, and that banner image is a trans woman as the focus of the art, mm-hmm. and like I've seen the full image, and in hindsight, I wish I'd gotten a print of it because it's absolutely incredible.
1: You can order um, them off the Patreon. Yeah, we,
0: I we probably should because I love it. Um, <laughs> It is just, their art's incredible, and I love the fact that they are exploring gender identity in their mm-hmm. art. And they are, one of the things that the artist said that really stuck with me was trying to explore feelings that aren't often explored in, in art, and specifically talked about like gender dysphoria and what mm-hmm. that feels like, and, you know, called out a few pieces that were specific to like dealing with, you know, hating one's external self while trying to become one's internal self. Like, mm-hmm. There was a lot of stuff that they discussed in their art that was very provocative and, and relevant to the Transistor Radio podcast Vibe. thing. Trans everything. <laughs> it was fabulous. Their art's incredible, and they are absolutely worth checking out. They
1: are very... They're, they're just an amazing artist, very painterly, very... Uh, I don't want to say Renaissance-esque. There's a style of this who, if anybody who's ever studied art would throw rocks at me or whatever, but, like, it's a very beautiful message, and they tend to use that aesthetic of, like, I don't know if this is on purpose, given their message. I'm assuming it is, but they use a lot of the trans bride flag colors, blue, Mm -hmm. pink, and white, uh, through, like, all of the pieces they had at Gen Con, literally all of them, Uh, and it's just so, so, like beautiful their aesthetic is just amazing they're amazing artists they're sending an amazing message and i wanted to shout them out and give you uh, a chance so you can find their website it's literally sasha r which is spelled s-a-s-h-a-r and then jones like the soda uh j-o-n-e-s yep j-o-n-e-s or just n-e-s or n-a-s j-o-n-e-s yes uh and their patreon is just sasha r jones but or patreon slash sasha r jones yeah
0: they are we're checking out their art style. Uh, if you ever played Magic: The Gathering, their art style would yes. fit in perfectly in Magic: The Gathering. Mm-hmm. It's um, it is obviously fantasy art, but it is it is amazing. It, just just go check it out. It's so cool and it's so wonderful. It was so wonderful to encounter an artist who is exhibiting at Gen Con specifically trans-related art. I thought it was yes. incredible.
1: And just if anybody minds about this, their images have nudity.
0: Yes. In but an artistic way. Yeah, it's like the artistic tasteful nudity. That's what I it's meant not, by like
1: a Renaissance-esque kind yeah. of nude art, you know, Venetian woman kind of thing. Yeah, so. it's
0: not porn. It's tasteful it's nudity. It's art. It's literal, like, it's, fine art yeah, nudity. It's amazing. It's so good. Go check it out. I rec- can't recommend so, it So,
1: so beautiful. So. <sighs> That's my really silly thing. I will stop gushing about things I found at Gen Con that were awesome. <laughs>
0: i will never stop gushing about them (laughs) i could have an entire podcast just about the cool things that i found at gen con and it would last me until next year because i bought enough stuff to last me until next year so it i love gen con if you ever get a chance to go check out gen con go like it's worth it it is worth every moment of it totally Um, totally worth it yeah absolutely incredible okay all right that's everything that I wanted to say. Erin, is there anything else that you wanted to say?
1: I love our trans siblings. Oh, I
0: love our trans siblings too. Well, with that, this has been Transistor Radio, the Story Thus Far network podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. If you have topics you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email at staff at storythusfar.com uh, with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line. You can also contact us via Facebook at facebook.com slash storythusfar or on our Twitter page, which is at storythusfar. And if you're like me and can remember anything for more than thirty seconds, you can always head to www.storythusfar.com and Whoop. find everything that I just mentioned and even more great content. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for this episode of Transistor Radio, broadcasting everything trans. We hope you'll join us next time. But until then, it's time for us to end transmission. Bye. Bye. Boop. I <laughs> you have energy. sheep. some of started. Yeah, let's get, whose week is it?
1: I don't know. Google! <laughs> Google, whose week is, who's is it? Alexa, whose week is it? This might answer your question.
0: Really? really? <laughs> oh, shit, what?
1: This is just going to keep going. The names are Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Alexa, oh, stop! <laughs> Alexa! She cannot be stopped. No. She is ever-present.
0: We've been committed.